tonight's lesson, I I, I prepared. Um, as I said, we've been talking about equipped to go through the days ahead. We 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 talked about staying aware of the days ahead. That's me being aware of what's going on. Don't be caught off guard. Stay alert. Stay sober minded. Be vigilant. Don't be consumed by what the world wants you to be consumed with, but be tuned into the spirit of God. I want to believe that if I'm tuned in with God's spirit, he won't keep me in the dark. He's going to let me know what's coming. He's going to keep me aware so that I don't be caught off guard. Now, if that's not you, then I'm sorry, but that's me. And in times past, that is the way that it has been. So I just expect God to be the same way to prepare me for what's coming. And what I see that is coming because I'm aware of what's coming and I hope you are um, is some troubled times, some some challenging times that's going to come upon us here in America and across this entire world. Amen. But what I love about it is those who are in Christ have been given the power, amen, to to push through those times. If our focus, if we're leaning in the right place, if we're standing on the right side, we talked about advice for the days ahead. And we also talked about living to escape the days ahead. Tonight, we're going to be talking about how Jesus prepared his disciples for the days ahead and how it relates to our time and culture. Amen. You get that? We're going to be taking a look at how Jesus prepared his disciples for the days ahead. Well, what days are you talking about? I'm talking about the moments where the major transitional time at the end of Jesus's death, a man from his resurrection on to the birth of the church and throughout. We're going to be moving into the book of Acts over the next few lessons, several lessons, amen. And the Lord has just been leading me to to prepare the people of God for what's what could be coming amen am i preaching doom no i'm preaching awareness i want to keep you alert because a lot of people amen if i look at if i look at my social media base and all those who follow us amen i'm concerned i'm concerned that the people and most of them who are are, are on my sur- social media circle are naming the name of Christ I'm concerned that the focus that they are presenting is not what they need to present they're inundated with so much of what the world is doing that I see few things about what the Lord is doing I see few things about what God is saying in this time I don't know if people are just not investing time in God I'm not saying I'm there I'm just saying I'm where I am and God speaks to me amen I'm not saying that People are not spending time in prayer. I'm not saying that people are not going to churches because a lot of people go to church. Amen. And I just hope that when they go there, that they receive a word that's going to change and challenge their lives. Amen. Um, it doesn't do any good. Go to church and your life does not change. I am not one to, to, to throw the, the Bible at you. I am here as Jesus has called me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach this gospel. Amen. And that's what I do. I'm here to open the blinded eyes. I'm here to open deaf ears. I'm here to to set at liberty those who have been held captive. That's what the Lord told me. I am here to loose the chains of those in bondage. So if that's you, if you know somebody that is that, uh, this is the night that they need to be tuned in. Amen. Prior to Jesus's death, he knew that persecution would follow and he did not want his disciples to be ignorant or to fear 
that time. Amen. He took great care. You hear me? He took great care in pre-warning his disciples of the pending persecution, the things that would take place when he left. He talked throughout his three and a half years of ministry. He told them what was going to take place. He even began to tell them that by the fact that you have joined yourself with me uh, signifies or I want to let you know that because you have, you are opposing what the world wants and desires. Amen. He said this gospel is a contentious gospel. It's going to it's going to tear up relationships. It's going to tear up friendships because my gospel come to challenge people. Amen. And that's exactly what happened when Jesus showed up. Amen. He began to challenge the traditions that were set forth in the society of the Jews during that age. His main um, offenders or his main the main people that gave Jesus the most trouble was just not was not the regular people it was the people who were a part of the Jewish sect the the Pharisees the Sadducees the religious people amen those are the ones who gave Jesus the most challenges throughout his ministry when he was out healing it was always somebody there that wanted to say something when he was out eating there was always somebody there to say something about that there were people he healed that when they were healed and went told people that they got healed people questioned them about who did it who did it who did it excuse me so throughout jesus's ministry people always came against him and he told his disciples that when i leave here the same thing is going to happen with you not because they hate you but because they hate me because you have joined yourself with me they will hate you it's the same way today when you look at it all those people all of you who have committed their life to serving god and following what the word says you you're gonna lose some of you have lost friends already some people don't want to be bothered with you they don't call you they don't talk to you they don't comment they don't say nothing to you only when they want you to pray for them that's when you hear from them but outside of that they're doing all they want to do all they want to say they they go to their parties they go and sleep around and do all the things that they want to do but lord ho when hell when when hell come knocking on their door they know how to run back and ask for some help. Amen. These are type of things was going on through, during Jesus' time. As you remember, at the onset, listen, of the birth of the church in the book of Acts, when you look at it, after Jesus' death, there was a cultural undercurrent growing that anyone who supported Jesus and his views was a threat to the cultural agenda. Business as usual, right? Changes necessary for a unified experience or a unified existence. That sounds like something that we hear today, man. Uh, the fact that Christians are, are, are verbal about what they believe and what they will stand for, they are being challenged by the cultural agenda to give up their faith to believe in what we're trying to accomplish for the sake of unity so that we all can be one so that we all can be on the same page and it is sad to say 
that many Christians are turning to that mindset. Why? Because they believe in choice. Because they believe in certain things that they choose to believe in. All the while laying aside what the scripture declares. What I don't understand is how some people can can lay the scripture aside and pick and choose. Well, it's both ways. Lay the scripture aside is this, is this, is this, this is what I believe and forget about God. Well, they have they, there's a movement that believes that's, that's going around in, in the world today that our Bible, this Bible. Is outdated and they want us to lay it aside. In fact, some Bible publishers are changing some words in the Bible. They're removing some scriptures in the Bible. So as a word of warning to all of you who are seeking to buy new Bibles, be careful what Bibles you buy, because if you buy a newly published Bible, you might find that some scriptures have been removed or the words have been changed. Why is that? Because they're trying to erase those things. See, people don't want to be challenged people don't want to feel convicted people don't want to feel bad when they're reading the bible but they don't understand the power of the holy spirit his job is to what reprove the world amen to convict to convict and convince people that they need a savior well why do i need a savior i do good all my life well you got to owe that to Brother Adam, amen, because the moment that he ate of the forbidden fruit, the scripture says death came upon who all mankind. Therefore, when we are born in the earth, we are succumbed to the 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 sin nature. And because we have succumbed to or we are the sin nature controls us, then we need a savior, a savior to save us from what? What? To deliver us from the sin nature. Because the moment that you give your life to Christ, the sin nature dies, right? And the new nature, the spirit nature awakens. And because it awakens, it is that life that governs your actions from that day forward. Well, let me just say that should govern your actions from that day forward. Well, we're talking about how Jesus prepared the disciples for the days ahead and how it relates. As you remember, as I stated, at the onset of the birth of the church, after Jesus' death, there was a cultural undercurrent growing that anyone who supported Jesus and his views was a threat to the cultural agenda, to business as usual, to changes necessary for a unified existence jesus was constantly confronted and he knew his disciples would be especially if they followed the instructions of the great commission we all know what the great commission says it says it in matthew the 28th chapter amen it says go ye right 19th verse go ye and teach all nations what baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Doing what? Verse 20, teaching them to observe all things. Well, he went on further to clarify what all things are. He didn't want you to be misunderstood. He said, all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, know this, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. See, we don't have to be confused, bless you this evening. We don't have to be confused about what Jesus was saying when he told us to go. He prepared his disciples for this go. 
he died prior to this 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 command amen uh, and he was resurrected when he gave the command this was not given before jesus died this go ye therefore great commission was issued during the 40 days that jesus appeared to his disciples it was then that jesus wanted them to be reminded because if you remember what took place after well during jesus's trial and judgment they ran the only person that stood by was Peter, a man, and and the mom, and 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 Mary, um, uh, Mary Magdalene. Uh, they were hanging out in the background, and Peter went so far to lie three times in denying Jesus. So really, Jesus was left by himself to endure the the persecution of the church folk. Amen. I'm, I'm sorry, those who were a part of the Jewish synagogue who who felt threatened by this new life that Jesus was talking about, this gospel that was able to set men free, wherefore men did not have to go and do this and that and A, B, and C in order to be declared righteous. But he said, all you have to do is what? Believe in me. And based upon that premise, based upon that belief, I will declare you righteous. Well, now based upon that belief, Based upon that belief, it is that belief that would declare you righteous. God told Abraham, because you believe me when I promise, right? Listen, because you believe me, Abraham, I didn't have to go. Through. All I did was told you to walk out and look up in the sky and you saw all the stars and you saw uh, basically, uh, can I add, count these stars? Hey, there's too many stars to count. He said, as the number of stars is, so shall your children be. Amen. And then he said, now let's go down to the beach and look at the sand. He said, as the, as the grain of sand, right, so shall so shall your children be with Abraham like well how in the world am I gonna have all these kids and I'm pushing close to 100 right now I ain't had nothing yet uh Sarah can't give up can't give me no kids but God said but because of your faith in believing see he didn't question God he just accepted it and God said because you took me at my word and believe me, I declared unto you as righteousness. So from this point forward, Abraham, you've been made righteous. It is the same way when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. At the moment that we believe, we've been declared righteous. All things have passed away. Behold, all things has become new. Jesus constantly, he was constantly confronted. And he knew his disciples would be, especially if they followed the instructions of the Great Commission. I said that earlier. Let me read something that I, I pulled down from uh, R.C. Sproul. Amen. He wrote um, something. I was asking, I was looking, why did the Pharisees hate Jesus so much? Why did the Pharisees hate Jesus so much. Amen. He said that it may well be in the in in the calculus of evil that the only character faring worse than a Nazi is the Pharisee. Oh my God. These were the original black hats. In each of the gospel accounts, they are the no counts, the very fall of Jesus himself. We because we are sinners just like them, ascribe to the Pharisees every conceivable sin that we think ourselves not guilty of. You get that? We may have to confess to this sin or that, but at least we tell ourselves 
we aren't like those guys. In our scapegoating narrative, we think that when Jesus showed up, the Pharisees hated him for the simple reason that he was good and they evil. It sounds like what you're running today when you run a, when you run up against carnal Christians or you run a, you you run up against half-hearted Christians. Christians who want to do one thing one day and shout on Sundays, do stuff. When you when 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 you run into those type of Christians, the very fact that you appear, they have an issue with you. Oh, Miss Goody Tushu, she thinks she thinks she got it made. Well, Jesus, he could walk down the street and they hissed and sputter. That's the way they were. He healed a puppy and they kicked it. Everywhere Jesus did something, they had something to say. Don't you realize that these things are going to take place again? In fact, some of you are experiencing these things right now. The truth is that the Pharisees did hate Jesus, and he rightly isn't known for showing them a great deal of grace. He called them out of their hypocrisy. He exposed their inner tombs, but <clears throat> excuse me, the hatred they felt for him wasn't mere sour grapes at his approval ratings, nor was it at principle as mere evil versus good. It was rather more craven. They hated Jesus, not because he called them names, but because he threatened their security prestige and income he was going to ruin everything they had worked so hard for and getting everybody killed the pharisees had brokered and rather uneasy peace between the powers of rome and their own people rome you will remember had no great desire to remake the cultures their army had conquered you hear this any nation willing to submit to romans the romans military and political authority could go on about their business we know that you're a part of us we know that you're succumbed to uh, so just continue to do what you you're doing right now see the pharisees wasn't a threat to roman uh roman rule why because they were so into traditional stuff traditional stuff that had no power but as soon as jesus showed up it was beyond tradition it was a life-changing ministry it was a ministry that caused people to go against the grain amen to go against what what the the trend was 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 setting to go against what everybody else was doing he wanted people to be different why because there is a distinction so what is that distinction? There's a distinction, a distinction between holy and unholy, right? Righteous and unrighteous, clean and unclean. There's this, it, there's a distinction. There's a line drawn that say, if you're on this side, is this way, and it's, if you're on that side, is this way. It is the same time when Moses came down from carrying the tablets, the Ten Commandments, him and Joshua and Aaron, Amen, because they heard. The people celebrating. And when Moses stepped down to see the whoring of the people, amen, how they were worshiping idols and golden images, amen. And he's told the people that that day God would judge them because of their adulterous life and what they were doing, abomination unto God. And God said, for, and it, Moses said, for those of you who are on the Lord's side, 
come over here with me. And a few of them moved over, but some of them stayed on the other side. And that day, amen, God fired down fire from heaven and burned up all those who opposed what God was doing with his people. It is going to be the same way, amen. There's going to be a separating time. There's going to be a moment, a time, a season where Jesus is going to do some separating, amen. Ah, I don't know when that time is going to be, but I do know that it is coming. Where will you be? Will you be on the side of the wheat or will you be on the side of the chaff? Amen. Jesus' popularity, his talk of the kingdom, his affirmation that he was, in fact, the Messiah, this threatened the uneasy peace of the Pharisees. If the people got behind Joseph's son, Rome will awake and start killing Jews indiscriminately, not bothering to distinguish the Pharisee party from the Jesus party. You get that? There's a lot of the Pharisee party going on today. Amen. Just like there's a lot of Jesus's party going on today. This is how Caiaphas came in a moment of treachery to speak a gospel truth when he said, nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and not the whole nation should perish. John 11:50. The Pharisees hated Jesus, not because he made them look bad with the people, but because he he made them all look bad to Rome. You're not going to make me look bad to the world. No, sir. Christians are, are loving. They accept everything. They don't have to bend. They, they should bend because Jesus would bend. Well, I know a, I know a Jesus, amen, who came out with whips and ran people out of the church because they defiled out of the synagogue because they defiled the temple, amen. I know a Jesus that looked at men, the Pharisees, and called them white sepulchers filled with dead man's bones, amen. I know a Jesus that when they turned and called him, uh, who is your father, as if to say Jesus was a bastard child, Jesus turned around and said, Abraham is my father, and if, this here's the Pharisees, well, Abraham is our father, who is your father? Jesus said, well, if Abraham was your father, then you would know who I am, amen. They didn't know why, because Abraham wasn't their father. If Abraham was their father, they would have known that Jesus was the one that was prophetically prophesied hundreds of years prior to his appearing, amen. But they didn't know that, amen. He would be wise to remember this, for this pattern remains. This same pattern of the Pharisees and Sadducees remain today. When persecution comes, it comes first, not from the state. Listen to this. Not from government, not from the cultural rule, ruling of society, but from the part of the church that seeks to appease the state, that seeks to appease the culture, that seeks to appease the government, to let them know, hey, we got this under control y'all keep going we're gonna comply we're gonna do why you think the things that are taking place now is taking place they are embracing churches bringing politicians in allowing them to come in and say we do this we're gonna do this we support you we support why do you think this is an appeasing of the state listen the zealous the faithful those unwilling to confess that caesar is lord will be turned over to caesar by the feckless, the faithless, those who fear man rather than God. Did you get that? 
Those of you who would name the name of Christ and would want to stand. Listen, I know I have the NSA, the FBI, and all of them listening to my broadcast. Why? Because of the topics that I choose to cover. I'm, I'm going to be talking about this UN Agenda 2030, amen. Printed it off their website. The 2030 Agenda by the United Nations. This is something that you need to know about. You need to go to their website. Print it out. Find out what they're going to do by the year 2030 in this. No matter who it's going to be. It don't matter if it's Hillary. Trump, Gary Johnson, all the other ones that's running for president win. It doesn't matter. This agenda by the United Nations will come to pass. What am I saying? Those of you who choose to want to be watered down and just appease the government, you're going to be turning your brothers and sisters in. What Jesus told his disciples, they're going to be grieving as wolves that's going to rise up among you, that's going to turn you over, that's going to tell on you, that's going to tell the government where you live so they come knock on your door. But he said, don't be afraid. Just remember that I warned you. Just remember I told you about it. I said I was going to be calm tonight. I'm sorry. Let me settle myself. You got to be ready for the days ahead, my brothers and my sister. You got to be ready. You can't allow people to distract you or the people to pull you in un- into their belief. My encouragement to you is to get back into the word of God. Sure yourself up with the power of the Holy Ghost. For it is that power that's going to empower you to be the witness that Jesus is calling you to be in these last days. What last days? In the days ahead. What days ahead? In the days that are coming upon this nation. The days that is coming upon this world. What am I saying? I'm not preaching doom and gloom i'm saying you got to be ready i'm saying you got to be ready for what's coming just like jesus told his disciples what's going to be taken he did he told them that when i leave here i got to give you something because if you don't get what i got for you you're not going to be able to make it through these days amen let me finish reading this from rc sprung he said this that the zealous the faithful the zealous the faith the faithless the faithful those unwilling to confess confess that Caesar is Lord will be turned over to Caesar by the feckless, the faithless, those who fear man rather than God. It is those who conspire to maintain respectability those who remove the gospel's offense you get that those who exchange their prophet's mantle for something more hip these are they who betray christ and his bride persecution in the end doesn't divide the church but it exposes where the line is between the wheat and the shaft in times of persecution the true church may be burned but those who escape will only be blown away like the shaft if you want to know about what Jesus said in Luke 3 and 17, he says, whose fan, this is what John the Baptist said, whose fan is in his hand, he's talking about Jesus. He will thoroughly purge his floor. What floor? The floor where they thrash the wheat. What is this that's taking place on the wheat floor? It is when the farmers take all the wheat that he just harvested and he takes it in this room, amen. And in order for him to separate the good wheat from the shaft, the shaft is like the little leaves and all the stuff that has no value to the grain, amen. So what they did in Bible times is that your, your, your boy was in there. Sh- he, he would throw up a pile of weed in the air. Amen. And as the wind would blow, it would blow away the shaft. Amen. Into another area. And all that fell down was the pure wheat. And he would keep on doing it to all the shaft. Amen. All the shaft would be blown away. And at the end of his shucking, a, a cleaning his weed out, he would pile up the shaft and set it afire and burn. Well, John the Baptist said in Luke, the third chapter, that Jesus had his fan in his hand. 
fan. What is the fan for? He's going to be flame in the fire that's going to consume the shaft. Well, who is the shaft? The shaft is those people who will deny that Jesus was the Christ. The shaft is those faithless people, those who fear man rather than God, those people who, who, who will live a corner life, those lukewarm saints, those people who will give the true church, the believer, a hard time when they themselves say that they are of Christ, but yet their life does not adorn that same belief. Amen. So what am I saying? I'm saying that we got to be prepared for the days ahead. We have to be when we look at and understand Jesus is preparing his disciples for the days ahead. This will be the first time, amen, they would experience life as a disciple without Jesus physically being there. You get that? He called them at the beginning of his ministry for three and a half years. They walk with Jesus. He's trained them. He prepared them. Then all of a sudden, Jesus dies and he's resurrected and getting ready to go back. And Jesus told them that I am leaving you. They did not want to hear that. They didn't want to hear that. I'm getting ready to leave you. Turn to John 16. 16 chapter beginning at the first verse they didn't want to hear that but he said i'm getting ready to leave you no no you're not you're not going anywhere no no you get i'm getting ready to leave you no 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 i don't want to hear that no no i'm getting ready to leave you but that's okay i i I, i'm gonna leave you with someone i'm gonna send someone on my on, on 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 your behalf to help you to prepare you for the days ahead don't you realize the same help they needed to prepare them for the persecution that was going to come upon the church back in AD time after the death of Jesus. It's the same power that we need today that's going to prepare us for the days ahead. You don't know what's going to happen after November the 9th. You don't know what's going to happen after January 1st. You don't know what's going to happen come July of 2017, December 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. You don't even know. All you need to know is that if you are in the right place, oh saints, and I'm ahead of myself, used to sing this song. It said, whose side are you leaning on? Then they'll come back and say, I'm leaning on the Lord's side. Whose side are you leaning on? Leaning on the Lord's side. Whose side are you leaning on? Leaning on the Lord's side. Then they'll come back and say, whose side are you standing on? I'm standing on the Lord's side. And then they run at the, I'm standing. Then somebody says, standing on the Lord's side. You hear that? So it's got to be a time. Whose side? Whoever side you, if you're on the right side, let me just say that. You can choose whatever side you want. One side is going to be okay and the other side is going to be in trouble. Well, I want to make you show, make sure you know where I stand tonight. You don't have to wonder about where I am. You don't have to wonder why I think the way I think, why I believe the way I believe, why I'm going to vote the way I vote. It doesn't even matter to you. But what matters to me is that when I stand before my God, that he know that, hey, Willie, you was on the right side. He declared unto me, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Don't you know that's all I want to hear? But that's not all I want to get because then I want to receive some crowns. What crowns? Some of the crowns that I want to attain because I worked the work that Christ gave me to work while it was stay day, knowing that when the night came, I won't be working anymore, praise the Lord. 
Are you one of those, amen? Have you set your mind on fulfilling what the Great Commission called you to do? Are you one of the faithless? Are you one of the ones who have watered down this gospel, who appeases the state, who wants to be a part of those who will comply with whatever agenda their government gives, amen? I'm not one to preach hate because Jesus is not about hate, but all I am is one who will blow the trumpet and sound the alarm and tell the people of God that the day of Christ's return is coming soon. It's going to be determined on that day that he appear in the sky whose side you were standing on. For all of those that will stand with the Lord, amen, will be those that will go back with him after the dead in Christ shall be risen out of their graves. But all those who will be left here on the earth, amen, will be those who made a decision to not be a part of that fire of life, to not be a part of that Jesus life, to not be a part of standing on his side. They will be left here to endure whatever comes upon this earth. Well, if you ever want to know what comes upon the earth after the rapture of the church takes place, all you have to re- read, amen, is begin reading in the book of Revelations about the fourth chapter. And you're going to begin to see some things that's going to take place. But if you want to go, if you're afraid of the book of Revelation, you can go over to the book of Daniel. You can even go to the book of Ezekiel. And it'll tell you some things that's going to take a place. Just know that we are so close to Daniel's seventh week than you can ever imagine we're close to. Keep your eyes on the Middle East because that's going to tell you how close we are to the coming of our Lord. The issue is for my brothers and my sister today is whose side are you standing on? Jesus said in John 16, the first verse through the fourth verse, this is what he says. These things have I spoken unto you that you shall not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. Did you hear that? And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning because I was with you. Jesus already knew. I can't tell these boys what's going to happen to them right now. I got to wait till I get some information in them. I got to wait till I finish talking to them. I got to wait till I start preparing them. Then I need to tell them that some of them are going to be turned in. Some of them are going to come and pull you out to churches and they're going to take you out before the magistrate but Jesus also said don't fear what you shall say when you stand before the magistrates for in that very hour oh my god I feel like standing up but I can't stand up hallelujah for in that very hour I'm gonna give you what to say well if you don't have nothing to say now how in the world are you gonna have something to say then well, I'm going to just comply with what they say. That way they won't pull me in before the magistrate. Well, my brother, my sister, if that's the way you think you can make it, on the other side of that thing, you'll be a part of the shaft that Jesus is going to throw up in the air and pile you up over in the corner and consume you with fire. Why? Because shaft can't make it in the kingdom. Only the weak can make it in. You get that? The shaft can't make it in the kingdom. Only the wheat, just like the sheep can make it and the wolves can't. Oh, yeah. you did, You uh, Listen, have you ever read that parable? And I don't know where it is because I didn't look it up. But it talks about when Jesus called, when, when, the, when, the, when, the, when the master of the house gathered together those people who he invited to the feast. Amen. 
there was one person that wasn't invited in the midst. So the master of the house called one of his servants over and said, hey, can you tell me who that person is way back there? And they're like, well, I don't know who that is. Well, go back there and ask him who he is. Well, they went back there and they asked him, well, who is who are you? That he said, well, I just came in because everybody else came in. And the, the servant, the master of the house said, get that person and throw him out because he is not one of us. Don't you know that you won't be able to sneak in heaven? There ain't no back door. There ain't no combination door that, that the, the crooked deacon is going to stand back there and let you in. No, sir. No way, no how. No, it's going to be angels. And you're, the only way you're going to enter into this celebration is your name's got to be written on the road. Your name's got to be written in the book. Not blotted out, not erased out, but it's got to be written. Jesus said, I have to leave you. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, when Jesus left you, he wanted you to know that everything I give you to do, I have empowered you to do it. You have to know that no matter if no matter if he didn't give you a specific instruction, if he if he didn't give you a, a specific mission, know that your job is to stand for righteousness. Nor that your job is to stand for who Jesus has called you to be. What is that? One who would go out with the great commission and preach the gospel and tell others who Jesus was. This gospel of Jesus Christ. That is your calling. That is what God wants you to do until his return. Well, what are you saying? I'm saying you, you don't have to do it by yourself. As Jesus told his disciples, what did he say? John 20, well, John 16, if you go a little bit further down to the fifth verse, listen to this. But now I go my way, St. John 16 and 5, that to him that sent me, and none of you ask me whether goest thou, but because I have said these things unto you, sorrow had filled your heart. They're all sad because Jesus said, I'm getting ready to leave. Then he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient. It is necessary. It is necessary for you that I go away. For if I go not away, what? The comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Comforter, yes. The spirit of truth in one's phrase Amen. The paraclete, one who comes alongside of you to empower you, to help you because Jesus has left. He sent the comforter. Well, what is the purpose of the comforter? Well, you have to read a little bit further. Verse eight. And when he comes, who are he, who is he talking about? The comforter. He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you. He's talking to his disciples, but you cannot bear them now. I can tell you a whole bunch, but you, you ain't going to be able to handle it. Just like I can tell you a whole bunch, but some of you can't handle it. But my encouragement to you is today is to get connected with this comforter. Why? Here's verse 13. How be it when he, the comforter, the spirit of truth is come, he will do what? Guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you 
things to come. I said at the beginning of this broadcast that I am connected with the spirit of God, that I don't have to worry about being caught off guard by nothing because I possess the spirit of truth. I possess the comfort, the, the Holy Ghost. And according to this word, word, not only will the Holy Ghost remind me of things to come that is on the scriptural side, but according to the things that's going to come upon this world. What are you saying? I'm saying I can't be so inundated with what's going on in the world because I might miss the warnings that the Holy Spirit will warn me of. It is necessary for me to stay connected to God. Why? Because my very life is at stake. Why do you believe that, brother? Well, look at what's being said. Look at what's being done. Look at what's taking place all around you. You have to know that. Well, am I living in fear? No, I'm not living in fear. I'm living as a watchful servant. I'm living as someone who is aware. I'm living as someone who's been told, who has been warned, who told me to living as someone who who whose king, whose master has told him to stay sober, to stay vigilant, to stay alert for the enemy is lurking, seeking whom he can devour and deceive so that he can snatch my life, my eternity away from me. No, sir. I'm not going to be caught off guard. I'm not going to be sideswiped. I'm going to see it before it happens. Because my God promised me that. The scripture says, the whole, when the Holy Ghost, the spirit of truth shall come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. <clears throat> you get that? The Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus for he shall receive of 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 my meaning Jesus and shall show it unto you <clears throat> all things that the father had are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Why wouldn't you want him? Why wouldn't you need him? Jesus all throughout Jesus teaching. He was leading the disciples into this truth right here. I got to leave but I'm going to leave some help for you. I have to leave you for a little while, but I'm going to leave you with some power that's going to help you to do what I'm going to call you to do at the end of my life. Know that when you read at the endings of Jesus's um, life leading up to his ascension, Matthew, the 28th chapter, 19 through 20, Mark 16, 14 through the 20th verse, Luke 24 44 through 53 John 21 15 through 25 you will see Jesus pulling his disciples back in why because after Jesus was killed they ran they were scared they were afraid of their lives but Jesus appeared to them for 40 days not just to be hanging out for 40 days but everywhere Jesus showed up that his disciples were, he was encouraging them. He was reminding them. Didn't I tell you these things would take place? Don't fear. I am he. This is the, I'm the one that was resurrected. See, touch my hands, he told Thomas. Look at the holes in my hand. Remember I told you this? Remember I told you that? All the while building their faith. Why? Because it was necessary for them to have their faith to prepare them for the receiving of the comforter. It was necessary for them to possess the faith that was necessary for them to be baptized with the power from on high. Oh, you need that power, my brother, my sister. 
It is that power that will keep you from making the wrong choices. It is that power that will keep you from making the wrong decisions. It is that power that will keep you from doing the wrong thing. Keep you, that will tell you, that will prompt you, that will pull you, that will tug you, that will remind you, that will wake you out of your sleep if necessary, that will send warnings before your destruction. It is that power that is there to tell you, hey, don't do that. Hey, don't say that. Hey, don't treat that person. Hey, go to them and repent. Go ask them to forgive you. Hey, don't turn that way. Go down this way. Hey, don't say that. Hey, don't do that business deal. Don't do that. No, take your money from over there. Put it over there. It is that Holy Spirit, that comforter that is there to lead you, to teach you, to guide you, to remind you, to tell you to do that. He ain't going to make you do it. He's just going to prompt you. They're going to send prompts. I preached a message one time how God sent trickles of reminders, trickles of, of reminders of the things that he said. You think that God has forgotten all the things that he said to you? No, ma'am, no, sir. There are moments in your walk where things may seem quiet. But it's doing sometimes that you got to be alert that God, like he just send like trickles of reminders. They remember when I told you this at the least at the least expected moments, he sent a reminder of what he said to you. And it's when you receive it at that moment is when you need it. And you have been encouraged and empowered to continue on. Why am I telling you all this in these days ahead? You will be required to be empowered by the Holy Ghost. Well, why are you saying you will be required? Because you won't be able to make it through the days ahead if you don't have a power other than yourself. So you need a supernatural power to withstand the opposition that shall befall this world. Well, not in the great United States of America, Brother Willie. Well, I just want you to know it just might be. It just might be. Well, why are you saying that? It just might be. That's why in this political cycle, you have heard many things. Candidates have said many things and many things have come to light about all candidates. Many have chosen sides based on what they choose to believe. You get that? What they choose to believe. But I must say that in this climate, the movements are very clear, if you're aware of it, that what we have known to be will not be as we have been accustomed to. It doesn't matter who wins, because at the end of whatever day it's going to be, what really matters is whose side are you on. Amen. As I said earlier, the saints said that song, whose side are you leaning on? I'm leaning on the Lord's side. Whose side are you standing on? I'm standing on the Lord's side. All throughout Moses' days, when there was a decision, a judgment upon the earth, upon the children of Israel, Moses called those who obeyed or who wanted to stand with God, come over hither with me and, and stand with me with the Lord. And those who were left on the outside, judgment befell them guess what my brothers and sisters if you find yourself standing against god you have set yourself as an enemy of god well god is all loving yes he's all loving but at the same time he said i am a god who never changes i am the same god yesterday I'm the same God today and I'm the same God forevermore. He never changes. He said, I still believe in holiness. I still believe in sanctification. I still believe that there is 
there is a difference between clean and unclean, holy and unholy, righteous and unrighteous. The thing is, is that where you choose to stand, my brother and sister, do you believe the same thing? And if you believe the same thing, are you afraid to stand based upon that belief? Or are you one who hide in the closet and don't want nobody to know? Listen, it don't matter if Susie don't know if you that you a believer. It don't matter if Sam don't know. Jimmy don't know. Sandra don't know. It don't even matter. Because the person that really know is the one that really matters. And that's the Lord God himself. He knows everything. He sees everything. He is aware of everything. He see you when you're hiding. He see you in your closets. He see you in your back room. He see you on top of the building, down under the basement. He see you wherever you are. David said, if I die, you're down there. If I climb up to the mountain, you are there. God, you're everywhere. There is no hiding from God. So at the end of the day, God is going to know who's on his side, where they stand. So when it's time for separation, he's going to issue the declare the, the decree. One thing out of many that stands out to me is one candidate stated, and I'm not going to say the person name, that the views of Christians must change for us to 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 bring this unified uh, life upon the earth. We have to change the minds and the beliefs of Christians. Well, as my pastor said on Sunday, and I posed the question to Lou, how in the world are they going to change my mind if this is going to be contradictory to what the word of God says? There ain't nothing that they can tell me to change my mind about what God says. I'm going to always agree with what God says. I am not saying that the Bible is outdated because that's a lie from the pit of hell. I am not going to tell you that the Bible needs to change because that is a lie from the pit of hell. If God wanted to change his word, it would have been written the way that it was written. It is what it is. You accept it or you leave it alone. It is apparent to me that during this time, this season, that in the disciples' lives, the coming church will be birthed at the beginning of and during a very tumultuous time, a time that many who were present during Jesus' conviction and death would still want to hide the news of Jesus' resurrection. It is that resurrection that gives the gospel message its life. It is that life that many, you hear me, that many then and a great many today want to deny because it comes with a distinct line of holy and unholiness, righteous and unrighteousness, clean and unclean, truth versus the lie. But one sure thing is this, that if you intend to go through the days ahead, standing and living your life according to the word of God, you will need the power of the Holy Ghost to give you the courage to do to do it, to do what? To do the standing according to the word and to do the living according to word in the midst of a world that detests that lifestyle. You will need the power of the Holy Ghost. Acts 1 and 8, Acts 1 and 8 says this, and you shall do what? Receive power, right? After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And this is what the power is going to help you do. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the world. Holy Ghost will empower you to be a witness. A witness is not one who hide. A witness stands 
When they call a witness for it, they don't say, well, you can sit in the closet and talk to us. No, they don't do that. Well, you can you can go stand in the other room and talk to us and we'll ask you questions. No, they want you to come out front. They want you to hold your hand up and say, I solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And the first thing they say, state your name, Willie Smith Jr. Thank you, Mr. Smith. Now, on the day in question, what did you see? And so they begin to ask you these particular questions. If you are a witness for Jesus, empowered by the Holy Ghost, when you go out, there ain't no question about who you represent. Because everything come out of your mouth is going to point people to Jesus Christ. Why? He said the Holy Ghost is not going to talk about himself. So people who talk about themselves all the time are not speaking by the power of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because Jesus said in John 16 that when the spirit of truth talks, he's going to tell you about me. He's going to talk to you about me. He's going to tell you about what I have done. He's going to remind you about what the father says and what he hears from heaven. That's his job. He ain't here to make himself look good. He ain't here to get invitations from across the world. He ain't here to be the guest speaker at Jimmy's conference. He ain't here to lay hands upon a crusade of people. His job here is to point others to Jesus Christ. Who else you want to point people to? To you? You are just as frail as everybody else. You're just one bad decision from failing. Do you hear what I'm saying? Unless you are surrendered to the power of the Holy Ghost. I mean, totally surrender. And still, as long as you're in this flesh, you are prone to make a wrong decision. But Paul said, I have to keep at my body daily. I have to keep it under suggestion. I got to beat it. I got to beat it, pound it as if it's a slave. You ever read the, dis- the definition of that in the Greek? He said, I beat my body to- as if it was a slave. To righteousness to keep it under subjection to the word of God every day he didn't say once a month he didn't say once a year he said every day I wake up I have to beat it into subjection so that when I wake up I tell myself that today I'm going to live this word I'm going to do what God says if he has empowered me to do the work I will do it as long as I'm here And that's what I'm telling you tonight, my brothers and my sister. You want to know and understand why and how Jesus prepared his disciples for the days ahead? He gave them what they needed. He told them to go to Jerusalem and wait for it. And when Jesus was ascended up to heaven, all those his disciples that was with him went into the upper room in Jerusalem and waited for the promise that Jesus said would come. And not many days hence, as Jesus told them it would happen, it filled the room according to Acts 2 and 1, as cloven tongues of fire set upon each person in the room, and they all spake with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance and they were filled they were empowered with the holy ghost my brothers and my sisters i close with this that in order for you to get through the days ahead 
whether it's Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, you need the power of the Holy Ghost to do it. You don't know what they may do, but I guarantee that if you do what God say do, you'll know how the outcome will be. If they put you in prison, at the end of the day, you'll be with Jesus if you continue to stand. Or if they don't, at the end of the day, if Jesus calls you home and you are named the name of Christ, and among those who believe, you will be with him as well. The choice is yours. Whose side will you be on? Get back to prayer. Get back into the word. If you have never been filled with the Holy Ghost, now is the time to seek him, to empower you for the days ahead. If you have been filled at one time in your life and you need a refilling, a retouching, a reigniting, it is time. I'm calling you back to prayer. That in prayer, amen, you will find that place that God will pour out his spirit upon you. He said, I'll give my spirit to all those who believe. Is that what you want? You got to want it. You got to ask him for it. All you got to do is ask. All you have to do is ask. Well, Father God, I thank you tonight. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your word. I thank you for all that you're doing in my life. Father, I pray for your people tonight. I pray, God, that. They will be at a place at a point in their life where come hell or high water, they will find themselves standing with you. They would not be one of the ones who would surrender their faith to get along, to get along. They would not be one of the ones who would say, I deny Christ so that I can keep my life. They would not be one of the ones that would say, I'll accept what the culture is saying. Because I have to go alone to get alone. No, God. There will be one of the ones says what Jesus say. For God, I live. For God, I die. That no matter what comes, I stand. I believe I'm a believer of Jesus Christ. Because it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I'm going to be with my Jesus. If you take my life now, the sooner I get there. But if you delay, then I know for sure that he is with me. Father, I speak peace over your people tonight. I pray that the word of God will find them where they are. That as a result of this word, that they would be at a point of reflection, a point of recommitment, a point of reaffirmation to declare, to give their lives over to you again, to reaffirm their relationship with you. So that as these days approaching that are soon to come, they'll find themselves in the right place with you. Bless your people tonight that if there's any sick among them, that according to your word, you would heal them. I declare it upon them this night in Jesus name, healing according to the word of God. I speak it on my own body, healing. I speak it upon my family, your healing, because that's what we believe. We don't expect anything else. So we command healing to come forth and sickness to die in Jesus name. 